All right, everybody. Thank you for being here. I am Jen Johnson, and this is Jen Loeffler. And you are watching Thought by Thought Healing. And today we are going to talk about one of our very favorite subjects in mind-body medicine, um, because it's so important. And we thought we'd just both start with just a couple sentences explaining what um, what we're talking about, and so you can get a good glimpse into what we're going to spend the next little bit of time unpacking. So Jen, you want to start? What do you feel like we are talking about today? Well, definitely understanding that expectations and um, self-protection, um, you know, expecting ourselves to protect ourselves can lead to all kinds of symptoms. And we really just want to make that clear, open it up so that you can see maybe how things are happening in your own life. Yeah, I agree. I think when I first started my healing journey, I, I learned a lot about predictive coding and how the brain really can create your experience of this moment kind of based on your past memories and what you assume is going to come out of whatever you are walking into. And what I didn't learn in the beginning was that this applies to more than just pain and symptoms. It applies to other areas that we're going to talk about. And I think the categories that we're going to jump into is, yes, your expectations of sensations or pain or symptoms, whatever you're experiencing. And also, we're going to talk about um, how we expect and predict people around us are thinking and feeling about who we are as people. We're going to talk about our expectations around the need for certainty or knowing or surety in life. And then finally, and last but not least, we are going to, which I forget what it is currently. Oh, we're going to talk about our um, expectations around self. And so all these categories lead us into self-protection, self-protection from pain, self-protection from people around us, from uncertainty and self-protection, even from ourselves. And so that's what we're going to get into. Okay. Let's see, where should we start? Um, Jen, do you want to just talk about a little bit how you ended up um, discovering kind of that this predictive coding that we're talking about, how it was so important for your healing journey? Yeah. Um, well, first of all, I think we should just make a connection between self-protection and what does that do to the body? Yeah. Um, because it seems like a good thing, right? To protect ourselves seems like the right thing to do. It seems smart. Um, but at the same mm -hmm. time, what happens in our brain is that it puts us in this threat detection mode where we're continually um, taking in input and wondering, you know, is, is, is that safe? Am I safe? And when we do that, then we are also inviting the symptoms to, um, you know, kind of rain in our bodies. And so yeah. if we can shine a light on that, um, I think that would really help. Yeah. When we are self-protecting, we are definitely bracing our bodies literally. And with tension myositis syndrome, we're talking about tension in the body. So right. if we feel like something is dangerous or needs protecting, we're going to, we're going to set up our bodies to be able to keep us safe and to keep the quote unquote enemy or the danger away from us. And by doing that, we're putting ourselves in threat physiology at all times. Yeah. Right. Which is right. 
the very essence of the problem that we're dealing with, uh, with TMS. Exactly. exactly. So um, maybe I can start out with just the experience of pain, because that's typically <laughs> why our listeners are here. Yeah. Um, but also other symptoms, you know, it can be stomach issues, it can be headaches, you know, there are so many, um, so many symptoms that that can be triggered by the brain. It's amazing. Um, So I used to wake up in pain. And so I think I expected and directed my day based on the fact that I needed to protect myself from that pain. So that was the first uh, big change in my life when it came to expectations is just um, I don't expect pain anymore. And if I do have pain, I expect that I know how to walk through it. And that has been uh, huge. <laughs> yeah, it, it's even now, years later, it's still stunning to me that mm-hmm. our expectation of pain to be reoccurrent actually creates that very sensation in our bodies. Right. I had a, a kind of an interesting experience maybe a couple months ago this summer. And if you've been listening to me for very long, you know that bees are a problem for me. I, mm-hmm. I don't, I do not like bees. I am scared of bees, but I had gone out to dinner with some girlfriends and we were sitting in this corner booth and one of the girls, I looked across the table and she had a bee kind of in her sweater, like crawling around in the folds of her sweater. And I could see it and was like, oh my goodness, like somebody take care of the bee. And so somebody took her sweater and went outside and shook the bee off and came back inside. And she put her sweatshirt back on. And maybe five minutes later, she, I looked over and she had another bee in another fold of her shirt. Oh my goodness. And I'm, you know, I'm trying to stay in in control and to not freak out, but I don't like bees and she has two bees. And somebody went and took her sweater out again and brought it back in. And a few minutes later, I felt a bee crawling up my leg. I experienced a bee crawling up my leg and I looked under the table fully expecting to find a bee on my leg. And there was no bee on my leg. Oh, for goodness sake. (laughs) And it happened again, probably 10 (laughs) minutes later. And it was because my brain was expecting, because we had looked around the booth to see, is there a bee's nest or what is happening? Is it under the table? And so my brain had literally created a sensation of a bee twice crawling up my leg and there was no bee. So I thought like when that happened, I thought this is a great example of predictive coding. I have this experience now. I also don't like bees, so I'm afraid of them. And before I knew it, I was experiencing this. So I just think that's a good example of, of predictive coding. Right. Right. And how we can expect (laughs) what we see or what, what we're even, you know, you hear a buzz and yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Very interesting. Okay. So that is, yeah. So that's the first category is this idea of breaking this cycle that your brain is predicting you and your subconscious brain are predicting and expecting pain. So this feels like a good time also to unpack the old model of what we used to think that the brain did versus what we now know with neuroscience. And that is that the old model was that 
the brain would take sensory input from our our uh, receptors all over our body. The brain would process it and we would react according to that. But now we know that the brain is, yes, it is taking information uh, through our sensory system up to our brain, but we're also, our brain is predicting what it thinks we're going to experience and what based on our past, um, the memory part of our brain it is connected to that part of our brain and is comparing what has happened to us in the past in these types of situations and creating an experience that matches that expectation or that prediction. So now the new model with this neuroscience really is showing this different way that the brain functions, which is why this work is so important because our brains, like you're talking about, can get in these habits of, of producing symptoms, whether that's anxiety or depression or chronic pain or chronic fatigue, all these symptoms you were just mentioning. And, and so we're getting in there and interrupting this, this, um, the cyclical experience we're having that the, that the brain is basically supporting and saying, okay, Lord, I want to expect something different. I want to, I want to be in this moment instead of in my past and say, what do you want from me now here? And what is true in this moment versus the past? So thanks for letting me go on my little rant there. I'll hand it back to you. So pain was your first <laughs> one. And then where did you want to go from there? Um, well, expectations of people around me. Mm -hmm. um, you know, people are people. And yeah. there are going to be times that I disappoint them. And there are going to be times that they disappoint me. And uh, what I learned is to let myself off the hook of, of trying to please everyone around me. It's just not possible for one thing. Mm -hmm. And it just puts our body into such a threat detection mode. Um, I can expect that God is going to heal those broken places in my, in my heart, you know, um, places where people have hurt me. And because of that, then I can walk in freedom and I can walk in a peace, you know, that peace that surpasses all understanding that guards our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus, Philippians 4, 6, and 7. That is the kind of peace that we can expect. Yeah. Yes. And you and I have done a lot of emotional work kind of around these expectations. I think, and uh, I assume for you was similar to me when we started realizing oh, I'm triggered by people and what they might think of me, their opinion of me, then the the work was not, for me, it wasn't immediately like, oh, well, I'm just not going to care what other people think. It really took me taking those those overwhelmed parts of me and those scared parts of me and and almost like allowing God to just love on those those really fearful parts of my daily experience. Would you say the same? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so once to echo what you said, once I was able to hear what the Lord, how the Lord wanted to protect my heart, um, I, I was also able to see that a lot of the expectations that I was putting upon people to judge me or to think poorly of me was based on maybe a, a pattern or a situation in my past. And now I was predicting and projecting that onto what I assumed other people were thinking or feeling about me. And, right. um, and so allowing God to kind of redeem that 
that expectation of other people um, is still a challenge for me. I don't know about you. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. It's super, it's, it is tough to, it is tough to, to be able to step back and recognize what, what are the moments that I am um, actually feeling my past and allowing maybe like a label or a a way that I felt about myself, a negative um, identity piece that I had picked up from something else. And I'm carrying that into this relationship that I'm in now. Exactly. Yeah. And I guess while we're thinking of how does this manifest as pain, I'm just thinking this manifests as um, hypervigilance when I'm around people. And I think I remember you mentioning once, or maybe you had written it somewhere that um, you go into a scanning mode. Face scanning. Yes. (laughs) Can you talk about the face scanning or the the body scanning? Um, Yeah. I mean, and I didn't realize that it was a, a protective mode until, you know, this work really. Yeah. Um, but it's that idea that you are constantly looking at, at what is, what are people's reactions to what I'm saying? Um, you know, are they, are they agreeing with me? Are, am I upsetting them? You know, there was just this constant um, tr- kind of like trying to guess what, what was going on in people's heads. And honestly, we're not mind readers, you know? Yeah. People be, they could be thinking something totally different than what I'm assuming. Um, but I've, I found that, um, that was definitely an anxiety producing type of, um, activity that I would do. (laughs) Yeah. I've, I've just learned to set that aside you know, really just try to be in the moment and not, um, you know, not be trying to figure out what somebody is, is thinking or feeling about what I'm saying, but just to um, expect that if I have offended them, then they're going to let me know, you know, and, and not Mm -hmm. to be so, um, uh, I don't even know what the word is right now, but just, um, you know, constantly concerned. Yeah. Yes. Always scanning for threat in the other person. And if somehow I I think that if we can predict it and we know, we think we know what they're thinking about us, right? then that for some reason feels like it protects us. Right. And because then we can shape shift and we can become what they want us to become And then we lose who God created us to be and we morph into what makes other people happy. And then we feel quote unquote safe, except for that we were hypervigilant the whole time we were in that (laughs) relationship with that person. Right. And our body just lets us know that that is not a healthy way to be. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And in that sense, like I am thankful for the times that my body does talk to me now when I do fall into those people pleasing, I'll start to feel Mm -hmm. that tension that's reminiscent of the tension that leads to a lot of chronic pain and be like, Oh, I see what I'm doing here. I am, I'm scanning or I'm assuming that they are judging me or that they hate me or they think this, that, and the other thing about me. Uh, Some, you know, I I think it, it is worth noting for people listening that there are times that it's that that threat detector is right. But um, 
but most of the time it's not. And so the the question we have to do or what we have to do is to really think with our with our thinking brain, is it true? Am I in danger in this relationship right now? Is yeah. this person's intention actually to hurt me? And if that's only just a part of you that's feeling that way, opposed to like your God-given peace that passes understanding and protects your heart, then that might be worth noting. Okay. Right. Right. Is there, is there a different energy that I can live and out? I, now? I think that also can lead us into deeper healing. You know, when we're able to recognize, well, where did that come from? Why do I feel threatened? Mm-hmm. And we're able to take that before the Lord. And oftentimes and when I'm journaling, um, a memory will come up and it makes perfect sense why I am having this anxiety. You know, I did have a situation that was hard and scary and hurtful. And, um, and so when we can take that before the Lord and say, okay, Lord, I know you don't want me to continue to walk in this way of fear. And so I'm going to put this before you and I'm going to ask for your healing and it's been amazing how God has healed my heart. And I'm sure our listeners as well, I'd love to hear their stories as well of how the Lord has healed their hearts from previous situations because of understanding this connection between the brain and the body. Yeah. Yes. There's, there's just something about doing this work that, that validates our past experience Mm-hmm. that frees us to be empowered in these moments to say that was my past. God's redeemed that and healed me from um, the label or the the identity that I that I took from that right. and to move my, on empowerment. And I think that's something that's important to, to note that you bring up that there's no shame in this. There's no shame in that we have pain because we're people pleasing. Because when we, we start to realize where the genesis of it is, there's normally hurt we're carrying and the Lord wants to redeem that and empower us to move forward in his freedom instead of in this, this threat, um, detecting physiology stance that, that like faces forward all the time when we're in chronic pain. Oh my gosh. I just have to say, amen. <laughs> amen. <laughs> yes. Okay. The next one, um, is uncertainty in life and how we can become self-protective or, um, in fear of uncertainty. And so I think this is, such a good one. Um, ready, set, go. It's yours. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, there is so much uncertainty. Um, yeah. You know, we, we can't possibly predict everything that's going to happen in our lives. And um, I think we get into a uh, a game of what if and what if and what if, and we try to protect, you know, well, yeah. what if this happens, then I got to, I got to make sure that this thing is taken care of. And Yes, there's some wisdom being prepared, right? We should be prepared for our lives. But at the same time, if we are continually in that what if mode mm-hmm. and we can't get out of it and it causes anxiety before us, uh, that is not, I don't believe that that is the way that God would have us live. You know, he wants us to bring those burdens to him. And he said, we are going to have trouble in life. What uh, John 16, talks about the fact that, you know, Jesus said, we are going to have trouble in this life, but he has overcome. And so we can rest and lean into his strength and, um, and his ability to uh, lay those things before him, pray 
you know, through those things and, and not let them be something that continually holds back and keeps us in fear. Yeah. Yeah. I remember it at one point in time, making a very vague statement to myself that, um, it was safe to be uncertain. It is okay Mm -hmm. to be unsure. I do not have to know everything. Um, I, I get to just trust and allow that, that God has me and he has this situation that I can't figure out because we know that overthinking, figuring out um, that catastrophizing way of operating in life, which is really kind of what we're talking about so far in all three of these categories is catastrophizing. It's mm-hmm. just not helpful for our, our brain or our bodies and really does send us into just a, a ton of tension. So yes, so that uncertainty is um is something that I think we all have to wrestle with because God doesn't give us um the solid yes, this is right and no, this is wrong um way of black and white thinking throughout life. He he allows us to sit back and trust in him sometimes in the in the unknown. Ooh, it's tough for <laughs> sure. Definitely. Well and I mean, parenting, goodness Mm. sakes, talk about not, not knowing what to expect. I mean, I love the, I love the phrase, um, that boiling, boiling water can either soften a carrot or harden an egg. Yeah. You know, there, I, I've used that a lot when it comes to parenting because every kid is different Mm. and sometimes we just have to be okay with realizing we don't know (laughs) what we don't know, but we're going to learn, you know, and, and being willing to, um, to be open to learning and bringing it before the Lord again, you know, this is all about our relationship with the Lord is, you know, Lord, this, this kid is driving me crazy. And (laughs) what do I do? And it's been amazing how um, I have four kids and every single one of them is different. I mean, I even have twins and they are different. Um, <laughs> so it's it's continually coming before the Lord and saying, I don't know. I don't have the answers, but I know you do. I know you love this kid more than me even. And you're going to guide me through this and you're going to you're going to, you know, guide them as well. What is that like for your body to go from that feeling the need to to know and be able to uh, you know a parent very specifically to each child um to go from that kind of um stressful what's I I see I can't even talk about parenting kids cuz I don't have any um but <laughs> that hypervigilance of having to meet your kids exactly where they are and be the perfect mom for them mm-hmm. to go from that to trusting God, how does your, how do you feel like your body responds to that difference? Honestly, so much more peaceful. My, I mean, our whole home is so much more peaceful and, um, and, and, and fun, you know, I mean, we, we laugh so much more because we realize we don't know the answers and, you know, sometimes we do silly things and we have to learn from them. Um, and so, and when it comes to my body, um, I definitely know that the tension is not there anymore to be perf- a perfect parent. You know, I, I do my best and 
Um, and then I have to ask for forgiveness when I make a mistake. And um, thankfully, my kids are very had been very gracious toward me. And um, and I think that it's a good example too to to go before them and say, you know, I I said this thing and and that wasn't right, or I was I was angry at that time and that wasn't your fault, you know. And when I when I do that, um, I feel like it's a really good example for them to be able to make mistakes too, that they don't have to be perfect, you know. Yeah. When you say you laughed more, um, do you mean you and your husband or do you mean with your kids? I mean, the whole family, you know, we just, we just laugh a lot more. Um, when mom is not super freaked out, <laughs> there's, there's just a, a, a lightness in our home that I, I really enjoyed. And I think that the kids have, have appreciated that too. And, and they feel lighter. So it's just been an incredible experience all the way around. So, okay. So, so far we've talked about three categories and I, and I just want to clarify. So with pain, we are, instead of expecting there to be pain, we are expecting there to be no pain. We are expecting to begin to heal. Um, And we know that that takes a while for the brain to change neural circuits and to rewire itself. Um, But we're expecting for the pain to go away. Mm-hmm. When it comes to people, the second category, we are expecting the best of them instead of expecting that they're echoing a relationship we had in our past. Right. I also, in that category, remember expecting that my body would not always believe. So if I was around people that I felt with my thinking brain were manipulative or judgmental. I remember Mm -hmm. thinking, I'm going to expect that I'm not going to believe things that are false about me. So both expecting the best of other people and also expecting that I could ground myself in Christ. And if it was ill intent on the other part, I did not have to choose to accept that label. And with the, you could, you could handle it. Yeah, I would be okay. My body didn't have to brace when, when those things would happen, I could soften my bracing and kind of say, okay, Lord, what do you want me to believe about myself in this scenario? Right. And then the third one we're at is uncertainty in life. Um, Basically the fact that you're not always going to know the right answer. So would you say that as far as parenting goes, that you almost um, flip the script and flipped the script on yourself and started expecting that you wouldn't know there wouldn't be certainty. <laughs> yes. And there was so much peace in yeah. that. Yeah. So, um, I would say just a freedom to, to live, you know, yeah. and, um, and then having the blessing of, of no pain has just increased our enjoyment in life, you know, <laughs> Yeah, but I, I, and I'm, I just want to tag on to that. I, I'm curious if we have the same experience. For me, um, the pain was actually the last thing to change for me. I started changing my expectations around people and things like certainty um, and other categories. And as I began to do that, that was when that, that um, expecting the pain to reverse. Mm-hmm. Um, had its big moment, I guess, was after I started doing some of this emotional work. Do you feel that way or was it the other way around for you? Um, I, I think it was a little combination of both. Okay. Um, I think 
I think I got some real traction when I actually didn't have pain when I thought when I typically mm. had been having pain, um, just, you know, walking, doing a walk around my neighborhood would cause me pain. And when I started being able to do those walks with no pain, it was very encouraging. Yeah. Um, and then as I started, I really, I, I didn't do as much of the emotional work and still, until I started working with you. So yeah. um, I think it was more of a pain mm. reprocessing therapy to begin with for me. And then, um, I kind of hit a plateau where I still was having pain in my shoulder. And that's when I started working with you. And we started working with, um, looking at those emotional pieces and getting that healing. And that's what really, um, you know, kind of set me on the other side of, of pain and symptoms. Okay. Okay, cool. So everybody might have a little bit of a different story on the chicken before the egg or Egg right. Okay. And then we have one last category mm-hmm. and that is actually probably my personal favorite category. <laughs> um, and that is self-protection from self, from mm-hmm. our own inner dialogue, the ways that we feel valuable or um, helpless, uh, those types of things, the way that our language either builds us up or tears us down. And for me, uh, that was a big part of the tension I held in my body is that I literally had to protect myself from my own voice. And so allowing God to come in and redeem that for me was um, just a big part of my story and makes living in my brain actually a safe place uh, that I enjoy being. (laughs) So novel. Um, What are your... um, what are your thoughts oh, around that category? Um, I just, I've realized that I can expect the best of myself, but in a loving way. So I want to unpack that just a little bit because yeah. um, I used to expect the best of myself, but in a very self-critical way. And so I was continually um, thinking, well, why did I do, you know, I just would beat myself up, you know, why did I do it that way? And what was wrong with me? What do I, what was I thinking? You know, and I just get all worked up. (laughs) Yeah. Um, What I've learned is I can expect the best of myself, but in a loving way. And so, um, I want to unpack that just a little bit because we can expect ourselves, but I used to be so super critical. Little mistake I made, I would just be so upset with myself. And I, I think that I felt like I was being accountable, right? It it seemed like the smart thing to do and, and the biblical thing, right? We should be accountable for our actions. But what I found is that I was um, causing so much t- because I was continually. Uh, you said um, we lost you there. So I think when it, uh, when it blanked out, you said there was so much tension in your body. there was so much tension in my body. And, um, what I found is that I could, I could be lighter with myself as well. Mm-hmm. You know, that it wasn't just with my kids, but also with myself, that I didn't have to, uh, just continually be questioning, why did I do that? And what was I thinking? Um, 
you know, that I just had a, a love for myself that said, it's okay. You made a mistake. It's okay. It's, it's, we're going to work through it. We're going to learn from this. And so, um, I think I learned, um, really about my inner dialogue with, with one of your exercises that it just was very eye opening to how much, um, how negative I was toward myself. And so I, as I started thinking about that and how it did not line up with the way that God thinks about me, um, that is, is when I started really changing, you know, that inner dialogue. Yeah. I think sometimes we can mislabel that as like humble. We're being mm-hmm. humble by putting ourselves down and right. it, it, it's not, I've thought about this quite a bit because I I appreciate that you said something along the lines of, of loving, loving yourself or, or Mm -hmm. is that the exact language you used? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that can be really confusing and and off-putting for people. (laughs) And um, we kind of, we actually kind of brace sometimes when we hear that we're like, wait, what? We don't, we don't do that as Christians. And yet, um, and yet God is just really clear that he does love us and he loves the parts of us that are are not so pretty either. And he doesn't come in and say, wow, that part of you is not so pretty. He, he pulls us in with his love and helps to encourage us and redeem and allow um, f- freedom in those areas uh, that, yeah. that lets go of that derogatory voice. Cause that it's interesting because that derogatory um, voice that we uh, have falsely labeled as humble actually puts a lot of responsibility on other people to lift us up and to encourage mm-hmm. us. We now expect somebody to come back and say, oh, no, no, you're actually, you're great. You shouldn't, mm-hmm. you know, you shouldn't this, you shouldn't think like that. And all of a sudden they're carrying this burden um, that we thought was honoring to God. And, uh, and I, don't, I'm, I don't know about you, but I just... I just felt yucky all the time mm-hmm. uh, about myself and instead allowing God's love for me to show that grace and that love to myself right. in those moments is I know you well enough to know that that's what you're saying about that's exactly yourself. Yes. Yes. Thank and you. And it, it is, it, it was tricky. You know, it it was um, something that I had to work through because I definitely grew up with the idea that, that um, self-love was not right. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But I think that there, in all of these things, there's, there's this area that we need to, you know, go before the Lord and say, what do you say? And if what I'm saying about myself doesn't line up with what you say, then I don't want to think that way anymore because it's it's not helpful for me and it's not yeah. helpful for my body. And so um, coming to that understanding was really a, a key to my healing. And choosing to believe what he says about me mm-hmm. um, also for me redeemed my relationship with him. Right. It allowed me to, it allowed him to be uh, safe, I'm going to say, and loving and somebody that I wanted to be in relationship with because I could trust. He wasn't somebody that wanted me to tear myself down and rip myself up and <laughs> chew myself and throw it out. You know, that, that idiom, he wasn't yes. like that. And, and that when we are in relationship with God and he is safe and loving 
It is completely different for me than a relationship with a God that I'm terrified of. Right. Well, and I think that part of that um, protecting yourself is actually like trying to keep yourself from needing to be corrected. Yeah. But we can trust in a loving God that, that knows us so, so deeply that he knows what's going to hurt us. He knows, you know, is, is this going to boil, you know, soften the carrot or is this going to harden the egg? You know, he Mm. knows the Mm -hmm. inner, inner workings of us. And so he knows how to correct us in a way that is going to be loving, but also going to be clear, you know, it's interesting because we before we started this conversation, we prayed that the the God's words would come out of our mouth, whether we had planned to talk about something or not. And and I'm kind of seeing this fifth category as self protection. And and I know not everybody has this story, but I I did where I was in relationship with a God that I was kind of scared of, and not in like the fear awe type way that is the biblical way we're meant to, um, be in this healthy relationship with him. Um, but so if we feel like we have to be predicting that God is going to be angry with me all the time for every single little, um, error, I'm not even sin. Yes. But even errors then, um, just not being good enough or not being good enough. Yeah. That, that really does play out in, in prediction of fear and constantly on hypervigilant edge of every single action that we take. And so when we can flip that and, and see God's grace and see his love and see his freedom and how he sees us and begin yes. to, um, to begin to allow that to have a home in our souls mm-hmm. that, um, that changes our physiology, it changes our pain. It changes our threat level. Um, Cortisol, it changes it all. Um, Mm -hmm. Thankful to him for that. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Well, that was our five categories since I added one to the end. Do you (laughs) have anything else you want to talk about? We wanted to talk about expectation and predicting and flipping the script on the script on those things. Mm -hmm. Um, we definitely wanted to talk about the verse Philippians 4, 6 through 7. We can then expect peace that surpasses all understanding to guard our hearts and our minds. Right. And and we should point out the beginning of that verse, right? Um, mm-hmm. So let's let's read the whole thing. Let's see. Um, Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Okay, I got my Bible. Oh, you can't see it. It's all blurry. <laughs> but it says... Do not be anxious about anything because we don't have to be. That's my little parentheses because we don't have to be. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests before the Lord. And here's the awesome verse. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Yeah. I love that. Okay. (laughs) anything else you want to add i think we covered it today okay i i want to add something that you said i'm going to quote you Mm. you said no that's not it where is it you said what we expect no 
What we expect to happen to us directs our brain's focus. And then I said that focus guides either threat or peace, which Mm -hmm. leads to our experience. Okay. On that note, we just want to encourage you guys to um, keep doing the emotional work, Mm -hmm. um, understanding how and why your brain is predicting um, these negative outcomes and ask the Lord if there is a way to, to find redemption so that you can start to expect um, his peace to be protective for your hearts and your minds. All right. That's all we have for today. Thanks you guys. Thanks for being here and I'll see you next week. Thank you, Jen, for showing up, being you and bringing all your wisdom. It's super helpful to me. um, And I know to all the listeners always a privilege all right bye